What are your New Year's Day traditions? For many of us, it includes making resolutions for changes for the next year. But for our Jewish friends, it's very different. The Jewish community celebrates their New Year in the fall and spends the next 10 days repenting for the past year. Today on the Tove Podcast, we examine Rosh Hashanah and the Days of All. You are listening to the Tove Podcast. Welcome to the Tove Podcast. My name is Levi Hazen. I have the privilege of hosting today's program. The Tove Podcast is a ministry of Life and Messiah International. For over 134 years, God has enabled us to bring the good news of the Jewish Messiah to His chosen people all over the globe. Learn more about the amazing work that God is doing through our staff by visiting lifeandmessiah.org. Well, Rosh Hashanah, The spiritual new year for the Jewish community begins on Monday evening, September 26th, and concludes on Tuesday evening, September 27th. Each year, this Jewish holiday falls in September or October, as the dates tend to slide one way or the other on the Gregorian calendar, but remain fixed on the Hebrew calendar. This joyous holiday is always on the first of the seventh month, called Tishri. Now, the Hebrew Bible makes several references to this holiday, as does the New Testament. For example, in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 23 to 25, we read the following. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a rest, a reminder by blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work, but you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. Now, what we see there is that the blowing of the trumpets is to be included on this day. In fact, the Hebrew name for this holiday is Yom Turah, or the Day of Trumpets. Notice, though, in the Leviticus text, nothing is said about the beginning of a new year. That's because, although that's the case today, The biblical new year had already been established by God in Exodus chapter 12, where God told the Israelites that Passover was the beginning of the year for them, which, of course, coincides with the beginning of the harvest season. So how did the Feast of Trumpets become the Jewish New Year? Well, the simple answer is, the change was made by the religious authorities, the rabbis, not by the Bible. You see, tradition has it that Moses ascended Mount Sinai to receive the law on the first of the preceding month, which was Elul. As we know, Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. Therefore, the rabbis proposed that the entire month of Elul, all the way through Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, was to be used for spiritual preparation by the Jewish community. Whether you think that's right wrong or you're indifferent, Rosh Hashanah has came to be known as the day when the Jewish people take stock of the spiritual condition in preparation for the 10 days of all, which are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, 
the Day of Atonement. Regardless, Rosh Hashanah, which means Head of the Year, is now known by the wider Jewish community as being the beginning of the spiritual New Year. So, how is Rosh Hashanah observed by the Jewish community today? Well, in accordance with the biblical name and mandate to blow the trumpet, a shofar is typically blown in synagogue services that meet on this day. A shofar is a ram's horn that's just like a trumpet. The blowing of the shofar may sound like this. Or this. But probably not like this. In addition to attending a service at the local synagogue, many in the Jewish community will eat apples and honey and wish each other a sweet new year. If you have friends who are celebrating this holiday, Feel free to greet them with the following Hebrew phrase. Shana tova umetuka. This means, may you have a good and sweet new year. Let's say it one more time, just so you can greet your friends properly. Shana tova umetuka. Hence, the apples and honey represent the prospect of a sweet new year. You may even wish to buy your Jewish friend some apples and honey just to show you care. Or, a nice greeting card will also do the trick. The holiday of Rosh Hashanah is also a Shabbat. So most of the Jewish community will take the day off of school and work. More observant Jewish communities will practice something called Tashlik. Tashlik is the ritual of taking breadcrumbs and throwing them into a body of water, such as the ocean or a stream. This practice comes from Micah 7.19, which states, You will hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. What a beautiful practice and visible reminder that God removes our sins as far as the East is from the West. And how do we get our sins removed and washed in the water of God's forgiveness? Well, the Bible teaches us clearly that when we believe in the Lord Yeshua, that He is Israel's Messiah, God in the flesh, His Spirit washes our sins away and we are given the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. We're going to take a quick break on the Tove podcast. When we come back, we're going to discuss the potential prophetic fulfillment of this biblical holiday. Since 1887, Life in Messiah has helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of our faith and God's ongoing commitment to His people. We teach that anti-Semitism is inconsistent with biblical faith and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which includes her spiritual renewal as well as physical safety. In all we do, our priority is to share the gospel message. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org. Welcome back to the Tove Podcast. We're talking about the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah, also known as Yom Turah, or the Feast of Trumpets. Although many recognize this holiday as the beginning of the new year, it is more of a spiritual new year, 
as even on the Hebrew calendar, it falls on the seventh month of Tishri. For those who might not be familiar with the Feasts of the Lord, also called God's Appointed Times, there are seven listed in Scripture. They are typically divided into two categories, the Spring Feasts and the Fall Feasts. The Spring Feasts include Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and the Feast of Weeks. The Fall Feasts include Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, also called Sukkot. Now, what's fascinating is that many Bible readers see prophetic fulfillment in the feasts. Where the spring feasts experienced fulfillment via Messiah's first coming, the fall feasts are thought to line up with Messiah's return. For example, Jesus was crucified on Passover. His body and life was unleavened or without sin, and he was raised from the grave exactly on the feast of first fruits. Then, when we read in the book of Acts that it was on the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, that the Holy Spirit came down and indwelled believers in Jesus. So each of the spring feasts had a fulfillment related to the Messiah's first coming. That is indeed quite fascinating. However, there's no guarantee that the Messiah's return will coincide with the fall feasts. But many people see what God did on the spring feasts and believe he will indeed use the fall feasts in the same way. If God does decide to do that, and again, he's under no obligation to do so, the belief is that the Feast of Trumpets would coincide with the trumpet blast that is said to be part of the rapture event. For example, in 1 Corinthians 15.52, it says the following, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed. And again, 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says the following, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Could it be that God, in his divine sovereignty, will choose to rapture the church on the Feast of Trumpets? We shall see. Regardless, our job is not to make predictions about future dates, but to be ready and to be found working for the king when he does choose to come. Now, the day after Rosh Hashanah is called the Days of Awe. This is a 10-day period that is filled with introspection, repentance, and seeking forgiveness in the Jewish community. Many believe it is during this period when God will decide whether or not their good deeds have outweighed their bad deeds in the previous year. If God favors the individual, then their names will be inscribed in the book of life for the coming year. These 10 days of all conclude with the most solemn day on the Jewish calendar. That is Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. And if you want to learn more about Yom Kippur, then check out next week's episode of the Tov Podcast. In conclusion, if you love the study of Bible prophecy, I've got something for you. On September 30th and October 1st, Life and Messiah is partnering with Village Church in Dyer, Indiana, 
to host our third annual Bible Prophecy Conference. You can either attend this conference in person or register for the live stream if you're not local. Either way, check out lifeandmessiah.org and click on the top banner advertising the conferences. You will hear from a range of Bible teachers about the future of Israel and the church according to the Minor Prophets. Teachers include Dr. Michael Rydelnik, host of Open Line on Moody Radio, yours truly, and Life and Messiah's former executive director and frequent guest on the Tove podcast, Wes Tabor. Thank you so much for joining us today as we explored Rosh Hashanah and the 10 Days of All. If you'd like to listen to other episodes of the Tove podcast, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or at lifeandmessiah.org. Just click on the Tove podcast tab. Until next time, Shalom.